Hello, this is Mike Edo and Steve Carpenter from Yakima Chief Hops. Welcome to the 20th episode of our second year of podcast, Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Today we have a really special guest, Vinny Chalurzo from Russian River Brewing in Santa Rosa, California. Vinny, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, Vinny is one of the most iconic brewers in the United States, and uh, we're very fortunate to be drinking some Pliny the Elder today. And, uh, and Vinny's here for our Hop and Brew School, which uh, commences tonight. We've got a, a big barbecue outside going at Bill Breaker. Uh, and then tomorrow and Sunday and Monday are some, uh, some, some uh, days filled with a lot of technical seminars for brewers. We've got about 320 people in town here uh, to start the harvest. Uh, it's the most special time of the year, Steve. Well, it's an even more special because Vinny's here with us, and I know he participated in the very first Hop and Brew School uh, that Hop Union put on. Back, I did, uh, yeah. What, was that 2004? 2004. Like that? I was yeah. also at the second Hop wow. and Pop and Brew School, beer, pop, yeah. whatever. What, what it was called, Hop School or Beer School, I think originally. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that was uh, and the first. I actually found my original. This is I didn't do PowerPoint back then, <laughs> so I found the original uh, kind of PDFs that were the documents that I gave out to everyone uh-huh. for everyone to follow while I talked about it. So in 2004, I spoke about making a wet hop beer, mm. which back then. There was very Radical, few yeah. people doing it. Yeah. Um, if, if history serves me right, and I remember I, Sierra Nevada was definitely the first, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, salesman from uh, Yakima Chief, my salesman at the time, who Steve will remember, Gerard Lemons. Oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, I was just talking about Gerard with Jason Peralt today. Yeah. And he was such an influential person in my hop education in, yeah. in that point in my career. But um, but he's the one that suggested, oh, you should, you grow, because we were growing hops at mm-hmm. our brewery at the time. Right. He goes, oh, you should call Steve Dressler at Sierra Nevada. Maybe yeah. he can give you some tips on making wet hop beers. And, sure. and we did. So that was back in 1999. What but were you growing? Cascades, maybe? Cascade yeah, and Chinook. Of course. And Chinook. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was a hard um, kind of timing because the Chinook is obviously a late, Mm-hmm. A little, a lot later than Cascade, but uh, we would, you know, that's the beauty of Cascade, though, is you can let it hang and mm-hmm. you don't get too much off flavor. Sure. So we would let them hang and wait for the uh, Chinook to ripen, and we would dry hop or wet right. hop, if you will, the in the fermenter, the final beer. Yeah. And uh, and just and that was something that Sierra wasn't doing. They were doing everything in the kettle and and that was it mm-hmm. so were you the first one to dry hop with the fresh hops then uh, maybe yeah <laughs> not exactly sure but i know that it took the beer and just put it over the top right. and um you know and now there's uh a little cottage hop growing industry in sonoma county there's yep. a nice. non-profit yep. and they a couple of the growers uh, just came together and bought a little wolf picker mm-hmm. and you know that's a lot of money for yeah, sure uh, for something that are only getting used for wet hops locally. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, there was a thriving uh, hop industry in Northern California. Yeah. Uh, maybe not there in the Sonoma Valley. No, but Sacramento. Uh, yeah, Sacramento yeah. area. The, and, and the I Seniorati mean, the entire family. West yeah. Coast, it started yeah. in California, right before it moved up to Oregon and then moved over here to, to the Valley or not? Um, uh, yeah. I, it, actually, in Oregon was really where the first concentration okay. of hops grown down yeah. there in the Independence area. Okay. Um. And then uh, my family started growing hops here in the 
it was like 1869. Yeah, your barely, family was the first ones here. Yep. Yeah. I barely remembered. I was just a kid. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's been a few years. Uh, but, I, st- uh, I saw Tom today. Did you? Yeah. Oh, great. great. I actually saw him this morning on my way up here. We've got our harvest hats, and I, yeah. I I would be remiss if I didn't leave a few of those with my dad so he can dole them out to, to, to folks. So I, I saw yeah. him about 6 o'clock this morning uh, as yeah. I came through. Yeah, I uh, talked to Natalie, my wife, uh, this morning just before we got to Carpenter. And she goes, and I have two of my employees here. Right. Our, uh, one of our lab techs, Danielle, and then our lead brewer from our brew pub in Santa Rosa is here, Jacob. And Natalie says, oh, I hope they get to meet Tom. He's <laughs> such an iconic, he is iconic. figure in yep. the industry. And, uh, yeah, he was going to yep. go out and I think uh, hawk some of his peaches today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, actually I was there a couple weeks ago and, and swung in and he was at the office I, I was with my wife Diane and we were looking at hops and right before harvest and his pickup was there so we swung in there and, and uh, I go dad what are you doing in the office here on Saturday morning he says oh some guy from Sunnyside called me and he's got some peaches he wants to pick up I says well who is it? I have no idea <laughs> he said he needed to eat breakfast first I says you get up here in half hour and you can get your peaches and, <laughs> Uh, it sounds like your dad. Yeah. Yep. We I'm, talked for an hour, and the guy never did show up, so I'm not sure if he got his Did peaches. you go home with some peaches, though? I didn't. <laughs> I probably should have. But you, you know, I might be hitting them up next year because, as you know, we make a lot of sour barrel-age sure. beers. Yep. So um, I, I have this vision of a peach beer that I want to do. <laughs> I've tasted some pretty tremendous, funky barrel-age peach beers from some of our but friends. we just had, uh, I mean, we were we were at your new facility about a year ago, I guess October, we went down for a board meeting and our senior management meeting, just as you were opening up, and that was a, yep. a real special time for everybody. And then I know our uh, cryo manager, Salvador, was just Benito there. was just there, yep. and he loved, uh, he said you and the gang gave him a great tour, but, I mean, it's just a lot of fun for our people to go and see your facility and uh, continue the relationship that's now... 15 to almost 20 years, 20 years. old yeah right? so absolutely yeah you know and talking about the uh, sonoma county and that hops used to grow mm-hmm. there and the relationship of our area to the hop industry but it's it's where down hour manufacturing sure, sure. started yep. in the i think the, that was the late 50s early 60s and do you know the story of florian down hour mike i don't know so Tom Fraser runs, yeah, I know Tom. Yep. runs Down Hour now. He's yep. Florian's grandson. Right. Yep. And Florian and his brother grew hops. I know in Sacramento, and I maybe in Sonoma County, I might yep. have that wrong. Yep. And they were all hops were being picked by hand, and their pickers wanted a raise, and they couldn't afford it, but they had to give them the raise. Right. And so Florian says, I think I can. He was a tinkerer and an mm-hmm. inventor. He says, I think I can build a machine. But he didn't have anything. He didn't have any yeah. money, so he had an old chassis of a Buick, I believe it was. Okay, and that's what he drove the first ever down hour. <laughs> so that was with. that was his motor, and he had a, a, a flywheel or yeah, something. And and all and, the yeah. bells and whistles, <laughs> and uh, and then the next year, they ran it, and it, I think it broke down, and they got it going. And yeah. not only did they pick all their own fields, but they picked their neighbors as well. And that <laughs> nice. so and that building that Florian. Uh, you know, did did he built that first down hour picker is still there, yeah. oh, and uh, he, I think I think Tom still owns it and rents it to someone. 
I know in our farm we built our first Donhauer picker back. It was 71 or 72. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, I remember them coming up. And uh, every single Donhauer hop machine has that little stamp on it with Santa Rosa, California, yep. you know, right on there. And uh, That's pretty special. Yeah. Florian's a classic old name. I grew up in Minnesota, German farming families. And Florian were guys that were in the polka bands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a guy named yeah. Florian, he was a concertina player or something like that. So I hear that name, Florian. It brings back memories when I was a kid of uh, somebody playing polka music. So. I, I, took, uh, I took Jacob and Danielle to a farm today that had an old down hour and Yep. Showed him the uh, plaque, and it said Santa, you know, Santa Rosa, sure. Fourth or Fifth Street, whatever it yeah. is. So yeah, it was fun. So did you start your brewing nineteen ninety nine or before that? So I started brewing professionally in nineteen ninety four, but I was a home brewer in eighty nine. Okay, and I think my first connection with Hop Union, which mm-hmm. you know is a yep. part of Yakima Chief. Yep was this little homebrew store in El Cajon, which is East San Diego County. Mm -hmm. And they had two experimental hops, CFJ4 and CFJ90. Okay. And (laughs) CFJ90 became Centennial. Okay. CFJ4 was lost. And the only person that I know in the beer industry that remembers that is Steve Dressler, retired Sierra Nevada brewmaster. and. Um, when uh, he he still we still talk about it and mm-hmm. we hope that someday we could find it in some old germ plasma or something. Have you but asked it's Jason gone. about it? It's yeah, I'm, it's gone. It's I might know somebody that but, might know a little bit about that. Yeah. So yeah, and, yeah. And maybe your uh, dad or yeah. Uh, talk to me after the play. All right, good. <laughs> yeah, but you so yeah. you were early on then uh, really interested about some of these experimentals. Is that part of your development and your your love for hops and beer is that kind of part of where it came because you came from a your family was in vineyards if yeah, i remember grape, it yeah. grape growing winemaking yeah, yeah. and um he's yeah. got a sister named shannon so. i do yeah <laughs> okay sure I, I go to pacific city every <laughs> yep. anniversary and the oregon uh, the oregon pliny yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the oregon pliny connection exactly. out on the coast <laughs> the only so place you can find it all the all my brewer friends that are up here in the northwest go out and see her and um yep. I, uh, like at the great american beer festival next yep. month yep. i guarantee i'll run into at least a dozen <laughs> brewers hey your sister says hello so and the I, I feel like a jerk but i've natalie and i have never been out there but it's because my sister comes to portland every time okay we're go. in portland yeah. so um and when we're up for selection in mid-september they they make wine yeah and okay they do it on a contract basis but yep. they're very involved so they're in the middle of harvest when we're doing selection so now is the absolute worst time mm-hmm. for us to go visit them yep. so were you just uh, being a little rebellious to do something different than wine or you just like the fermentation or it was just the experimentation around uh, home brewing or what, how, how did you move into beer i guess there was always beer around the winery yeah because there's an old saying in the wine industry that it takes a lot of beer to make wine okay so we <laughs> we it. more recently extrapolated it out that it takes a lot of great beer to make great wine <laughs> it's the longest beer name in the history of the world but um and in fact this year and it's typically a pale ale type beer because mm-hmm. when you think about a winemaker in the middle of harvest it's, it's just like hop harvest right those guys are working 14 16 hours a day mm-hmm. yeah. and sure. the grapes in this case the hops they're not they're not waiting. Oh yeah, yeah. and um, 
and so it's and it's actually got a really firm bitterness to mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and in this day and age bitterness has kind of gone down i mean with mm-hmm. all the hazy ipas but i still like love a firm bitterness yeah, in the beer sure. we're drinking pliny uh, yep. now Classic. and it's got a firm bitterness and it's it's there it's so thirst quenching yeah and so um anyways with that beer we actually have some uh uh 692 and sabro in it uh this year so talking about experimentals yeah but and 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 i hear we might be bringing over some ron mexico to brow we're gonna we're we're gonna gonna try try? to brew it i I got the word a little bit late (laughs) so i'm gonna have to see if i can squeeze a batch in (laughs) that would be so cool though uh, to bring that over and we're gonna try to do a 692 over there which is uh the daughter of of, yep you know ron and 638 so yeah 438 sorry but um yeah it's exciting uh we have been I was just uh, this last week in uh, in both Wisconsin, Minnesota, and people are loving Sabro. I hear the Minnesota in your voice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh, we were over at uh, Cloudburst uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago with our friends at CMG, and we went to, and they had a great 692 on Steve, tap. Steve, yeah. Steve, it's a yeah. good beer. So yeah. that whole Neo Mexicanus line is uh, pretty fun, pretty yeah. special. So yeah, we make an India Pale Lager with the 692 called Apical Dominance. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I was here <laughs> on a trip uh, in the spring. Yep. which is an odd time for a brewer to come to Yakima, Yakima but yeah. it's actually an amazing time because yeah. you get so much more time with the growers. Yep. And um, I heard that term from Mike Smith, and I was out in the field with a brewer friend from Belgium, Hedwig Nevin, who runs the brewing production at Duval. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, the, well, the apical dominance, and I learned what that term means and that there's a dominant vine that, that, mm-hmm. that climbs up. I was huh. like, that would be a great beer name. That and is a good name. I got the trademark in it before Hedwig did. So. <laughs> <laughs> but going yeah. back to what you're saying about experimentals, yeah. um, aside from the CFJ4 and the CFJ90, which was kind of random, yep. um, when I left Blind Pig, sold my part of it, and then Corbell Champagne Cellars down our way was looking to open a a brewery they hired me mm-hmm. that was somewhere in there when i met gerard who was mm-hmm. my yakima chief rep mm-hmm. and he would bring these experimentals down sure. and he would talk about this young well he talked about kind of where the program started a little bit with chuck zimmerman mm-hmm. sure but he talked about this young um breeder hop breeder hop grower when he was referring to jason yep. mm-hmm. and gerard would give me the boxes of experimental hops and we have a beer called hop to it that we still brew today that's a single hop beer it's the same malt bill, same yeah. alcohol. The only thing that changes is the variety mm-hmm. and the quantity of the first top edition to match BUs. And then the mid-boil and the Whirlpool edition and dry hop edition are all the same. Mm-hmm. So that we can almost compare apples to apples, or in this case, yep. hops to hops. Yep. And um, and all, all Jason, or all um, Gerard asked was that we would give him some bottles to send sure. back up to, yep. to the farm. Yep. And... I was at Peralta earlier, and I didn't know this. And Jason said his first experience with Russian River was some of these bottles that came through oh, Gerard. Yeah. So uh, that cool. I didn't know. That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, Steve, you've been around for a long time, and you know how uh, important it is for our growers to get that feedback for these experimentals and what's going right and wrong. And uh, there's there's no better example than Vinny and Pliny and Simcoe. I mean, Oh, I, I think that uh, Vinny can take the credit for really getting Simcoe on the map because, you know, we had uh, just a few acres left. Uh, we, we really liked the fact that it was a low-co hop yeah. and, and uh, seemed to have a high alpha. And um, 
So it was really kind of developed originally as an alpha hop. But it had these just piney, earthy aroma. Yeah. yeah. And and so um, Vinny started using it, and word got out. And we had, I think, uh, Jason would know exactly, I think we had seven or eight acres in the ground. We were about ready to pull a plug. At seven uh, or eight acres. That's amazing. Yeah, we we, we just uh, didn't think there was a future for the hop. And uh, I, I think we're expecting about we'll close be, to seven million pounds. Uh, it'll or be something it'll like be that. six and a half somewhere in yeah. that range. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. last night, Pat Smith told me that they had the last three acres. Today, Steve Peralt said, "No, we have the last three acres." <laughs> no, I, I think so it was my was, family that actually oh, had the last so three. So it was Carpenter. So. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit of a disagreement now. Now I don't know. This this goes back to this is very inside. But is it is it Mike Smith's uh, fancy schmancy grass fed yeah. beef, or is it Steve Peralta buffalo yeah. or beef, yeah buffalo? Well, and uh, and so I, I you know now it's who had the last three yep. acres of Simcoe. My, Mike Smith has a good memory whether it happened or not. So, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. I, you know, I've come in. and I'm the outsider, yeah. right? And so I, I, I'm, I'm Switzerland around here, right? I'm the neutral country. <laughs> but it's fun to see these guys because uh, they've they've been working together for 30 years, right? You know, you know, talk about the Smiths, uh, the Carpenters, and the Peralts. And uh, every year we have uh, at the end of the year we have a scorecard around growers and the quality yeah. and all that. And they don't care about anybody else except those three, <laughs> yep. right? Right, Steve. It's like as long as I can beat you know one of those other that's ones right. and I, then i've had a good year yep. right and it's amazing how much after but that's why they're great growers right they they, they have that um desire that, to make a great quality hop but they also have that competitive to say we can always do something better and that's they, what's what's great about them all of our families not just those three exactly. but the rest of yep. our grower owners have a passion for great beer yep. i mean that's where it starts yeah. and yeah. once you develop that you can't help but work on every single point of the supply chain to help Vinny and others like him to make yep. great beer. And that's that's what it's all about. That's yeah. sitting here and doing this podcast with Vinny, enjoying a Pliny. I mean, that's, that's why highlight. we're in it. Yep. So, Vinny, you, you may not have heard, we're going to announce it over the weekend and tomorrow, but we have, uh, for the first time since 2014, expanded our ownership group. So we've got four new farms that are okay. going to become owners of Yakima Chief. So we've got uh, the, um, the Black Star Ranches in Moxie, uh, okay. the St. Mary and Gamash family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Brenton Roy down in Prosser, Oasis Farms, Double R Hops, the Real yeah, family. Real. Yep. And, uh, and, and John Coleman reels. Jr., the, uh, the, the, the Coleman Ag uh, guys in, in, um, down in St. Paul, Oregon. Oregon, yeah. Been there. So for the first time uh, since the merger of Yakima Chief and Hop Union five years ago, we're adding four more growers. Yeah. So we're really excited That's by that. That's cool. These are they're, they're all great uh, growers. Uh, Steve and I, especially Steve, spent a lot, lot of time thinking about who we wanted to bring in. And it, it first and foremost, you had to be a good quality grower. Yeah. But really, the other part, they had to be part of this uh, this tradition of family hop farms, yeah. multi generational hop farms. So we're so excited. Uh, we have those four at our our grower panel tomorrow afternoon for the yeah. Hop and Brew School. Yeah, so. yeah, I saw uh, Kevin's daughter. Is, yeah, Jessica. Uh, Jessica. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I've met her a couple times, yeah. and uh, um, we we on occasion will do a beer with a farm. Yep, and we call it our Hop Grower Tribute Series. Yeah, and um, we've done one once with the Reels. Yeah, and 
is one of the best names. Yep. It's sure. called The Real Deal. <laughs> the, oh, of yeah, course, sure. it's spelled Perfect. real the way that they spell yeah. their yeah. last name. I believe yeah. that's R-I-E-L. R-I-E-L. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's great. And, yeah. uh, no, and I, I, you know, we actually, uh, I've been around this business long enough. I, I, in that kind of from 1992 to 2005, we lost a generation. The, well, there, were, there were just a bunch of young people in the industry that decided, I'm not going to go through what mom and dad are yeah. going through. And, and yeah. they left the industry. Yeah. And, we had our uh, our three uh, state pre-harvest meetings uh, that I attended uh, a couple of weeks ago, and for me, it is so rewarding to go to those and actually see young people that I don't know the names of. Yeah. You and go introduce the yourself. next generation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got young people that are excited yeah. about being this, yeah. and it's driven a lot by what Vinny and, and others in the craft industry have done, and and uh, we're really thankful for that and uh it it just is uh we've always been multi-generational family businesses in the hop industry it's it's a high capital requirement and it's just so rewarding for me that's been around for a lot of years to see these young people get involved and have a passion and and it is true for existing ownership right i mean you know they're we're bringing in the the next generation and you know it, it's i remember when i was being hired uh you know steve peralt said you know we're not hiring you for our generation you know we're hiring you for the mm-hmm. next generation they really want this to be a sustainable long-term yeah. yep. business and uh that's a, that's a nice place to be and it's been a good a good organization and great growers and uh Nothing exemplifies that better than this time of year where you're starting harvest. We started off with our hop and brew school. We bring the brewers in for selection, and uh, it's just a special time. It really is, and, and I, I probably should bring this up. We're probably going to get our FCC license revoked if we don't talk a little bit about baseball. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, i gotta throw I got to throw one thing in on this topic of okay. the family growers, and that's that I rem- there's a few things I remember spilling the beans for tomorrow's keynote that I'm giving, but that's okay. But one of the things I remember about the first Hop and Brew School was a presentation that Ralph Olson mm-hmm. gave, um, and that was that there's no one, it's exactly what Steve just said, there is no next generation coming through. And, and, and he went on for about 20 minutes that, you know, if the next generation doesn't step up, and it didn't look like it mm-hmm. at the time, just like you said, it's Steve, pretty bleak. it was bleak, and that it, this is going to come down to just a handful of farms, and it's going to be this like monolithic, like mm-hmm. these farms are going to be massively owned. Yep. It's going to be only a handful of companies that own all these sure. smaller yep. pieces of property, and, and luckily it changed. Yeah. And uh, But I remember that very distinctly yep. as as the talk that, that Ralph Olson gave at mm-hmm. that first hop. Pop school. Oh, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah. you go through, and I, I, I grew up in Minnesota, and you, you go through some of those small towns now where the, the number of farms has shrunk so much, and what that means to those local communities. You, you close schools, you, you know, you lose jobs, you lose all of that, and we've got a, it's a vibrant hop community mm-hmm. right now. You know, it's it's a good place to be. So the, the beauty is what that transparency has done between specifically the craft brewers and the the hop growers is there's a renewed interest at the grower level. And we're sitting right here at Bell Breaker, yeah. a good example yeah. of that. Yeah. There is such a strong passion for beer and, and for hop-forward beers that we're sitting here at Bell Breaker. My son, Tyler, who I know yep. visited Tyler you was uh, out. a couple months yeah. ago, uh, he's making beer now. Yep. Uh, he's inspired to do that. 
the more we know as growers about what you folks need on the the beer side and the more you know about what we go through to get there everybody benefits from that so yeah i mean tyler's home brewing uh, eric sovey's home brewing uh, austin gasling's home brewing guys that are part of our ownership group are all pat smith home brew long before bail breaker they're all they're all learning about it it's fantastic so yeah okay we got to talk baseball and we got to talk about the twins i guess that's what you probably top of mind for you right steve so (laughs) i love nelly cruz i I gotta tell you and and he had that hot spell that just kind of carried him through yeah if the playoffs started today obviously the twins would be in during yep yep um but, uh, well, they'll score five or six runs a game. It's just whether they'll give up three or give up nine is the question. Yep, so that's true. And Vinny, I guess, I, I'm guessing you're at least a passive Giants fan. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I, I work too much for <laughs> to to watch too many baseball games. Um, I, I work, but I'm a Giants. I am a Giants fan, and. Uh, I, I actually work to support my baseball habit. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason I work. Is. But Vinny, you've got a you've got a was it a plant manager, or a, an operations manager, James? That's a big baseball fan. Yeah, yeah. We and I actually uh, James came up. I think the last time I spoke at uh, Hop and Brew School was 2012. Mm-hmm. I brought one of our brewers, and then James. And James has been with me since the day that, or since about a week after or two that Natalie and I took over Russian River and we opened it back up in 2004 because. Sure. Quick history, Corbell Champagne Cellars opened the brewery in 97. Mm-hmm. And then in 2002, they decided to get out of the beer business. 2003, we officially closed. In 2004, Natalie and I officially reopened. And mm-hmm. about a week or two after we opened the pub, James walked in looking for a job. And he started out delivering. He's been with me since. Um, next year, I'm going to try to bring him. If you guys are still doing this, sure, I'll... I'll I'll commit to come back to Hopper School yep. if I can get James up here. Absolutely. And then yep. I'll just sit in the back and just shut up. <laughs> like I can talk beer left and right and James can talk your ear off about baseball. Yep. Like yep. He, he can we, talk left right left field and right field, right? So, oh, and <laughs> vintages of players and I say vintage because I'm a wine guy too. Yep. <laughs> but like the, you know, this player did this average in this year oh. and this pitcher and I love James for that. And so there's one day a year that I know that he absolutely always takes off opening day. There yep. you go. He'll and he's a very hard worker. He's a workaholic yep. yeah. like I am. So he still comes in and works till yeah. noon. Yep. But he goes opening day is a holiday for him. And I don't even have to ask him. He doesn't have to submit it. Yep. He just yep. gets it. Nice. So the Giants do their spring training down in Scottsdale. I'm sh- I'm assuming James, if he's a huge fan, you give him a couple days off in march to go down we have a lot of employees that go down back (laughs) and forth and they take cases of pliny down (laughs) and 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 divvy them out along the way and yeah now we've got uh you're bringing pliny's you can get into any baseball stadium (laughs) in the world in the u.s but it's but it's interesting because we have two local teams yep we have the A's too, so there's a contingent of employees that are hardcore A's fan, okay. yep. and then there's the Giants. It's kind of like, are you Elvis or are you the Beatles? <laughs> you can't be both, though. Yeah, that's You're true. One of the, but it, but it's cool going to a, a Giants game. Okay, Giants game is definitely yeah. more white collar. Yep. You go to the A's game. Oh, yeah. Those are gritty, union guys out of the, the longshore. Yeah. The, In the off season, those A's fans are Oakland Raiders fans. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. you know what you're running into. Don't mess into with them. <laughs> and, but, yeah, but the cool thing about the Giants stadium is that they've got this uh, beer bar called the Public House. Hmm. And, um, okay, California law is that you have to, if you name an account, you have to name another account to be legal. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to say Toronado, another <laughs> one of our accounts. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I don't know how many people listen to this podcast anyway. We're, we're, we get triple digits sometimes. <laughs> All right, good. So, yeah. But anyway, so the public house has an entrance. They have about 40 taps. Yep. And for five or six, seven years now, we've been selling them beer since the – so the Giants went on that run where they won – Three every other five. year in yeah. the yeah. odd year yeah, yeah. yeah. and um and i think that first year was when we started selling them blind pig our ipa yeah. and since then we've always been the number one selling beer in the public oh, house yeah and Absolutely. and the and the cool thing is is they sell beer at a regular <clears throat> price mm-hmm. but even cooler is as a turnstile to get into the stadium so always wear a shirt with a pocket because <laughs> then you can put your ticket in yeah and you can walk in with two blind pigs in hand. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. they, and they, if you're drinking beer in the public house, it's in glass and pint glasses. Yep. But when you go to the stage to go to your seats, mm. you you have plastic, of nice. course. Yeah. But ticket in pocket because you have in your left hand the beer you're drinking. Yep. And by the time you get up to your seat, you've probably drank that and you still have one <laughs> blind pig left. But you've paid regular beer right. prices, not the concession Nothing. prices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's an incredible beer selection in there. And one, one time we were at the game, Natalie and myself and, uh, our friends from the giants gave us a couple t- couple extra tickets. So we took, uh, Dick Cantwell, sure. who's yep. a Magnolia yep. now, formerly a legion and, yeah. and his girlfriend, Kim Jordan, sure. New, yep. Belgium. New Belgium. Yeah. And suddenly it must've been a slow day down at the public house because you normally can't go back to the public house because you have to go back <laughs> up the stairs and then down because it's on the lower level. But it must have been a slow day because they started delivering us beers. (laughs) And by about the seventh inning, we had, like, too many beers. So we just started handing beers to the people behind us. They were thrilled. They were like, who are these people? Great. Anyway. That's a great story. Um, One last question. We're winding her down. So Pliny is a great beer, but it's also a great name. So how did how did he come up with the name? I, I mean, we know the beer history behind Pliny the Elder, but what was what was runner up? Did you have any other name in mind? Do you know, I mean, was it called Pliny Ed the, the Scri- Elder, Ed the Scribner, or Barnaby the Scribner? Yeah. Or? No, there there was a. Uh, we were looking to make. A, I I I'm supposedly the first brewer to ever make a double IPA in America in yep. 1994 yep. at Blind yeah. Pig, and so there was a going to be a double IPA festival at a. Another one of our accounts, the Bistro. Mm-hmm. So now we're totally legal. I just said three of our accounts. <laughs> there you names. go. Yep. And, and so we said, oh, we're going to make a beer for this. And Natalie and I started researching hops. And we just, and somehow it, we, we read it in one of our dictionaries yep. that um, Plenty of the Elder had, and his contemporaries had wrote about hops. And yep. so that's, that's where it came from. And then his adopted son Pliny the younger, and nephew, yeah. younger, yeah. Yeah. as we did the other beer. But one one time we uh, traded some tickets to the guys at, with the some front office guys at the Giants, and um, he goes, "I said, what do you want?" And he goes, "Just a, a twelve pack." <laughs> so we we took a twelve yep. pack, and um, he and one of the relief pitchers for the Giants was a big uh, Pliny the Elder fan. And so much so that his wife would almost be like following our delivery truck, almost <laughs> stocking them. Because at the time, you could only get like right. two bottles right. in there. Yeah. And so um, they, he took it in the back and put it in a duffel bag, snagged a couple bottles, and um, actually took some bottles out on the, on the field. Granted, <laughs> you couldn't out, see out. them. Yep, yep. Gave it, to out the, in the bullpen. gave it to the pitcher who was into it, and he scurried off into the back and <laughs> got rid of them in, in the um, – uh, you know, in the dugout or in the uh, in, clubhouse in the clubhouse, there. but um, yeah, Pliny is in both um, clubhouses, visitors, 
nice. and home at yep. the Giants. Yep. Uh, do you know what the Gotham Club is at the Giants? So if you're uh, next time you watch a Giants game um, out in right field, they have all the scores of all the games, but it's the old fashioned where they change them change out numbers, by yep, hand. Yep, sure. And the Gotham Club is only open to um, season ticket holders. Okay. And so they also sell Pliny on draft oh, in nice. there. So we do have a few places, but they're very like exclusive VIP. <laughs> nice. There's no way we could support. Right. And I'm not sure you stadium. want to be drinking 8% alcohol beer during a <laughs> baseball game either. Yeah. Just you, saying. You want the visiting team too. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Way. Well, the relief pitchers. Yeah. For yeah. some weird reason, the, the visiting clubhouse had Pliny in there before, before the, the home Giants team. Did. <laughs> and the Giants were like, what the heck? <laughs> And so they got it. They got it this somebody year. smart actually on the yeah. Giants. Say, get them, get them loaded up on eight percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A few about a month ago, the Giants were playing the Diamondbacks, and a couple of the Diamondbacks pitchers came in to the uh, to the brewery. <laughs> and um, again, I'm not that big of a baseball fan to know who they were, but James was sitting at the bar and. I could just tell he was aching to go <laughs> right. talk to them. So right. I had to go like I felt like I was the guy like introducing, you know, him to a girl or right. something, <laughs> except there were two baseball matchmaker, players. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. <laughs> so yeah. anything baseball somehow relates to beer for us. Yep. So and it relates it. to well, we, we do the same thing. Everything relates to baseball and beer. Yeah. yeah. That's the beauty yeah. of it. So well Vinny, uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on our podcast. Uh, but we're you know, as as Yakma Chief, we've loved the relationship over the many many years. Um, we look forward to hearing your uh, your presentations tomorrow, and everything that we do with you is just fantastic. It's just yeah, it's why we're in this industry in many ways is uh, is the connection between the brewers and the growers. And, yeah, uh, you you reflect that, and the relationship with Jason reflects that. So uh, pretty special for us. So well, thank you as, very much. As I'll end my talk tomorrow, it's just like. I think the most special thing for Natalie and I are these friendships that we've yeah. developed with Steve's family, yeah. with the Peralts and the Smiths yep. and some other, you know, growers in the area and, yep. you know, everyone at Yakima Chief. And, yep. uh, yeah, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, I can tell you they're equally cherished on the grower end. Uh, yep. it, it's just you guys are uh, uh, special people, you and Natalie. And, uh, Thank you. you. You guys uh, – it's been fun to watch you kind of build this new brewery and to, to have our, our board meeting down there last that year. And, that was yep. fun. And have family go through there. And, you know, when we stop in there, I try to get under the radar and kind of go in there and kind of order a meal and kind of enjoy the atmosphere. And usually Natalie or Vinny will see me, and, yeah, then it will be a little bigger deal. <laughs> same, thing family, when family he, same thing happened when your son came in. <laughs> exactly. Like he told a server – that I'm a carpenter. All of our employees know what carpenter means <laughs> right, right. in the hop world, and uh, yeah. and they all have seen the logo for Row Two Hill Fifty Six. Well, and, and the carpenter name is on that beer. So. And my grandson Benny. I'm not saying he was named after Vinny, but Benny was there, and and that got on social media, and and Tyler was just so proud to come in there and uh, uh, taste some of his hops and the beer, and it was fun. Uh, so yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much Good. for that. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. It's fun. Take care. Good. Yep. Awesome.